Hello and welcome to episode three of Bossing It, the weekly podcast for women in business brought to you by entrepreneurs Frankie Cotton and Lara Sheldrake. Today we talk about the power of thought, giving less fucks and finding the work you love. Frankie and I share some of our must-reads and favourite podcast episodes from this week. We hope you enjoy. Episode three, we've decided to switch things up a little bit today, haven't we? Yes, we are going to hit straight into um, what we've been reading, what we've been listening to and what's been inspiring us this week. Exactly that. So Frankie, why don't you um, start us off? What have you been reading? Sure. So I've been reading a book called One Thought Changes Everything by Mara Gleeson. And I actually discovered Mara Gleeson through Barbara Patterson's Real Business, Real Lives podcast, which yeah, we've mentioned love before. love that podcast. Yeah, and it's... So episode seven, which we haven't spoken about with Mara Gleeson, is called How to Keep Your Thoughts from Stopping You in Business. So in this episode, Mara talks about... Um, well, exactly that. How, how we... How our experience of the world is determined by our thoughts. And that might sound quite abstract for this conversation Mm. but I do think it's really important Um, and she talks about a specific example actually where when she was in her mid-20s she was working as a business consultant in a real male-dominated industry and that played on her mind in every client meeting every interaction that she had so she always had this idea of herself as female and as young and that really she felt that it it mattered is what she says. She mm. feels like that mattered. And so she brought that with her in, as I say, every interaction that she had. And she was talking to um, her colleague at the time, a guy called Aaron Turner. And he said to her, Mara, that's just a thought. It's not real. Mm. You thinking about it gives it matter. But actually, there is no matter to it. God, that's such an interesting concept, isn't it? <laughs> and at first, I was so fucking angry with this guy (laughs) thinking you have no idea what you know an experience of a young woman is in business like that how dare you say exactly it's just a thought like oh it's easy for you to say you know walking around with your penis (laughs) (laughs) anyway um but actually then when I thought about it once I calmed down I realized that actually he has a point and that point is is that Sometimes, yes, being young and being a woman in business does matter because there are consequences and there are actions that people take. Mm. So if people have a certain perspective, like, oh, you're a woman, I'm going to treat you differently. That's an action that has a consequence. And that does matter. But actually, if there is no physical thing that is affected, if there are no changes, then it doesn't matter. Like, you're... I don't find articulating this very well. No, you are, you are. It's it's a really good point. It kind of made me think, actually, sort of from my experience, I've always, I've always carried that energy. So as a, um, you know, when I built my consulting business is, I would always think, right, well, I am a young woman and I have to prove myself or I have to work twice as hard or I have to really show that I... I earn or deserve this place in this room to have this Mm. conversation or to win your business, for example. But actually, maybe I didn't need to bring all of that energy and that kind of um, maybe insecure thinking Mm. 
And if I was just present in the moment and reacted to what was going on at the time, I could have handled it. You know, we, we have the we have the skills and the knowledge to do what we're doing. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. We wouldn't be at that point in our lives. So yeah. if I just let it go and just went with the flow, actually, maybe that would have better outcomes both for me. Maybe I would enjoy it more. And for my, my clients or the interactions that I was having. And I actually thought, do you know what? All that thought is, is it's clouding the experience, it's clouding your mind, it's stopping you from having that real clarity around mm-hmm. what it is... That's happening. That's happening. Yeah. So it's a distraction, <laughs> which is letting you down. Da- the only person that is hurting, actually, is you, as that young woman with those thoughts. Mm. It's only you. And, okay, yes, you know, you and I both... Um, have experienced you know sexism or gender bias in the workplace and it does happen and things like the gender pay gap prove you know there's data that proves that these things still very much exist but in our day-to-day we don't always have to come with our backs up ready Mm. to deal with those scenarios when actually maybe they come up one percent five percent of the time but 95 percent of the time if there's no issue don't it's almost like you're creating in your mind such an interesting point isn't it because I guess it comes back to that idea of the power of the mind the power of thought Mm. and just how how you can switch an experience 180 simply by changing your mindset Mm. because as you say if it's not something that's physically happening or affecting you yeah then it is purely down to how you're receiving something Mm. processing it in your brain and then deciding it's made you feel exactly and it's one of those things that it's quite it's quite a hard pill to swallow because it's I wouldn't say it's like the I don't think victim mentality is the right word that I want to use here but we all do I think cling on to certain ideas or certain maybe um cultural um concepts or you know things that we've been taught our belief systems we almost Mm. kind of cling on to them and sometimes we can all use them as excuses for small things like oh that didn't go very well oh that's because of this or and taking that full ownership entirely of every experience of life is a real difficult thing to actually say okay I, I accept that yeah and it sounds, like, it sounds like you've actually come to some sort of enlightenment sort of realisation here. I don't know about that. So, so how do you think this, as I say, realisation has affected how you're going to sort of move forwards in business or sort of dealing with people? Has it changed your mindset? It has. Um, but I think this is part of actually that, you know, the reason that I was probably in a place to listen to this and even though I had that initial really visceral reaction to what was said Mm. then being able to accept it I think is actually a long process that started when I first became self-employed when I started you know looking more spiritually about you know purpose and the meaning of life and all of these questions and things that suddenly when you have the time when you're working from home alone (laughs) you start contemplating all of these you know universal issues and it's it's a very dark kind of place to it find yourself in. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. Um, but I've I've been doing a lot of reading of different kinds of books. And to bring this back actually to, to this, first of all, the podcast episode, but what I then did was I then bought One Thought Changes Everything by Mara Gleason, her book um, on the Kindle. And 
essentially, you know, she she opens up with exactly what I said, you know, um, our experience of the world is created by our thoughts and our thoughts create our reality. And there's a very small section right at the beginning which introduces that. And then she um, then she goes into real life examples of how mm. that's played out in business scenarios. So essentially Mara is a business consultant who takes this principle of thought mm-hmm. into business. So then it's just a whole series of stories about people completely changing their mindset and their attitude and that their performance skyrockets and about how teams can relate to each other and resolving conflicts and issues between, you know, like government contracts that people were having that they were going to lose, you know, like billions of pounds worth of business and all of this stuff. And so it's very little, a very little portion of it is abstract. So it actually gives all these real life examples, which I think is fantastic. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the book definitely bridges a gap for me between spiritual texts such as Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now, mm. which is all focused around awareness, being present. Being in the and, moment, yeah. And that's so wonderful, but I couldn't find peace with that without understanding how that was going to affect my performance in business. Yeah. Because my worry was always, well, actually, if I focus on the now... I'm not focusing on the future and I'm a very future focused person. If you don't have the vision, if you're not focusing on, if you don't have that drive and that ambition, how are you going to achieve it? But you can have both, can't you? You can have the vision, sorry, you can have the vision and you can have this idea of how you want something to play out, but you can also be present and you can also, as, as you've said, you know, you're working towards enjoying the process more because in those moments of enjoying the process is when you have clarity of mind, of thought, and when you can actually think more creatively Absolutely, exactly. It's that creative, it's that creative thinking, that problem solving, that yeah. critical thinking. That exactly. when you come from a place of no ego, no external thought, no kind of um, cultural expectations, all of these things. When you come with such a pure mind, wow! Like the conversation just changes. So you don't <laughs> come with this like. Well, you pissed me off last week Preconceived and, and now ideas, I'm annoyed yeah. with you and so I'm not going to do this deal because, you know, like, oh, I don't I don't agree with your stance on whatever. You come at it from a completely different perspective and that is transformative, I think. And what, you know, as I said, this book, One Thought Changes Everything, is for anyone who's read those sorts of spiritual texts and is really, you know, focused on awareness and presence it really does bridge that gap into business. So it's fantastic. Wow. Highly recommend it. What a great recommendation. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much, Frankie. That is on my list. Oh, there you go. You're more than welcome. Um, And then complete uh, 180, I guess. The other thing I've I've read this week. Have you heard about this? So it's it's an article um, on Medium that's a 75-minute read. No, but I have just seen your notes, and this looks right up my street. You're going to love this. So it's called How to Configure Your iPhone to Work for You, Not Against You. And it's brilliant. It's written by um, a guy who goes by the name of Coach Tony. I think he's an author of Better Humans, and, okay. um, and I think he's created a coaching app and some other things. But anyway... I'm going to put the link in the show notes for it's I think it's going to be life changing. <laughs> I really right, do. So, so read some of these read some of these points out. This okay. Is great. So essentially it gives loads of pointers around how you can configure your phone to work better for you. So um you know there's like productivity recommendations so he recommends a, a Pomodoro app. Mm-hmm. So have you heard of Pomodoro? No, I haven't. So it's a it's a technique that um 
helps you to be fully focused for short periods of time and then okay. take regular breaks. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of writers use it actually. The idea is, is you work for say 25 minutes yeah. and then you have a five minute break and then you work again for 25 minutes, five minute break and you do that. So is it like a timer basically? Essentially it's right, a timer, okay. yeah. But yeah. I think what you can do is you can set it to certain intervals for different types of working. So maybe if you want okay. to only ever spend 15 minutes checking your emails, you could set it at 15 minutes, for example. And Got you can you. have all of these like pre um set up kind of tasks mm-hmm. always are working so okay, recognize nice. that and you know things like text replacement shortcuts for your email yeah. address and home address which are always typing ways to set up all of your folders what to have on which screen based on you know the psychology of how we get taken down these social media and badge those red badges down these rabbit holes yeah so it completely kind of removes all of that how to manage your notifications it all sounds quite obvious but actually having it all in one place mm. as kind of almost like a cleansing exercise yeah um i absolutely love the sound of this i'm super excited so i've not i've not implemented all of it um but i do think that we should both do it and report back yeah absolutely so i'm just reading this one number four change siri to a man product designers allegedly choose female voices for ai because culturally we're more comfortably bossing around women yeah i know and that's actually yeah that's wild but um tony does link to a couple of references to this point and he's really kind of endearingly honest that he's he's worried about developing weird um like bossy habits with female ais and how that could develop or manifest in God, that's so in interesting life. but yeah i mean i didn't even sort of go down that path too deeply but yeah yeah interesting i mean yeah ai is always female voices it's very interesting what a great suggestion okay so i'm definitely going to try some of these out and yeah i think we should report back next week and see how they've potentially changed our lives <laughs> absolutely and how about you what great have you been reading this so week? well i'm going to go straight to? into something that i've been listening to so this is a ted talks with scott dismore uh dinsmore dismore i think it's dismore we'll, we'll put the correct name in the show notes but it's all about how to find work that you love so scott dismore quit a job that essentially made him miserable and spent the next four years wondering how to find a job that brought him joy so this is a really inspiring fairly short um it's actually a ted talks video but you can listen to it on the ted talks podcast so he created a community called live your legend and it's all about trying to find that thing that brings you joy passion uh plays to your strengths and it's essentially this community he's created for people who want to be surrounded by inspiring people and within an environment that allows you to truly flourish it's a really, it's a really well thought out presentation, actually. And I love um, the sort of pillars that he discusses. So he says that, you know, you don't go to uni and you're not taught how to find your true passion or how to identify the strengths mm. or, you know, what it is you're really meant to do in life or in your career. And it's actually down to us to find that out. Mm. So he talks about identifying your strengths, looking at what you're good at, then looking and focusing on your values, also sort of looking back at experiences so what is it that you love to do what is it that you've hated doing you know Mm -hmm. that job that you just sort of quiver in your boots thinking about and then that thing that you did that brought you so much joy and sometimes those things are things that you're not being paid to do so then it's like okay so what is it about that that I really enjoy doing it was sitting down and helping someone or giving someone advice okay so let's nurture that let's look at how you can actually monetize that he talks about I love this quote. Everything was impossible until somebody did it. 
that's, that's amazing. That's really powerful because it, he talks about an example where an, uh, an, it was impossible for uh, any athlete to run a four-minute mile. And then suddenly that PB was hit. And then within the space of, I think it was within the space of a year, multiple athletes also hit that um, target time. So he talks about how you need to surround yourself with people who truly inspire you. So if your goal seems unrealistic, you can't control the environment you're in. Therefore, you need to change it. Yes. So it's this idea of, you know, if someone says, oh, you can't do that you're A, speaking to the wrong person because they don't believe you can do it. And B, you're in the wrong environment because it's not an environment that will nurture you to do that. Yes. So it was like a sort of, not a penny drop moment, but I just thought, do you know what? This is amazing and everyone should listen to it. Mm -hmm. Because when when people have certain ideas or, you know, they've got a dream or a passion in mind and then they think, oh, I can't do it because of this. Or I've spoken Mm -hmm. to someone and they said, no, it's not possible. Actually, what it is, is that you're either... Your, your framework of thinking is wrong, the environment you're in is wrong, and the people you're talking to are the wrong people to be talking to. Yeah. And absolutely. you can't control that person. You can't control that environment. So mm-hmm. what do you do? You change the environment. You put yourself in a different one, and you also put yourself in a different group of people. Mm. So he's created this academy slash community. Um, so I would highly recommend you guys listen to the podcast or watch the video and then, um, yeah, look, look this, uh, academy up, which I, is, I just think I find that so powerful what you've just said, because it? it's like when, like, I remember speaking to a boss at one point and saying I wanted to do something and she said to me, um, no, you can't do that. And that when you're quite young and impressionable, it really sticks with you and you think, mm. oh, I can't do that until I've got a certain number of years experience, for example. Mm. It turns out it's all just bullshit. Absolute and bollocks. And all it is is a reflection of that person and how they feel about their own capability. Exactly. And it's got nothing exactly. to do with you. Do you know what? All. That is such a good point. Yeah. That is such a good point. And I think, you know, in order to stay focused, it's all about making sure that you're doing something that truly matters to you. So if someone tells you, tells you you can't do that and you know deep down that's really what you want to do, do it. Mm. And I think what's really important here is to kind of have these goals. And this goes back to kind of writing things down. And, you know, as you write things down, the more likely more likely you are to achieve them. And just going um, to a point that Joe Polizzi, um, author mm. of Content Inc., talks about. Fantastic book recommendation, actually, from you, Frankie. Um, but he talks about how he revisits his goals every single day. And that sounds quite extreme, but when you think, you know, let's say you've got a list of five things that you really want to achieve, but they're in within different areas and you're talking to different people and you're committing to different tasks or you're saying yes to certain jobs. It's really important that every day you kind of revisit these goals and think, okay, so is this, is, is this in line with my moral compass? Is this going to get me to that end goal? If it's mm. not, then I need to say no, I need to step away. I need to say, do you know what? This isn't for me. Thank you, but no thanks. Yeah, it doesn't take long to veer off from or away from your goals or what you want to achieve when you're being like clouded by, you know, like you were saying earlier, by your environment or by obligations or demands, yeah. etc. Exactly. Um, it reminds me of um, like the principle of zero-based budgeting in accounting, okay. which the idea is that, well, often when people are budgeting for next year, they'll just look at everything they've spent this year and then maybe add on like 15% and add on everything else that they need to spend their money on. But the idea of zero-based budgeting is that every year you start from zero. So you say, forget everything we spent last year, forget all the contracts, forget, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Let's just go from zero and build it back up again. So even though it takes, obviously, time, you know, if you're running, say, a marketing department and you've got all of these, you know, PR agencies, design, you've got a website to manage, you've got all of this stuff, 
it takes time, but actually it makes you start again from scratch. Of course, look yeah. At, and, and think, no, how am I going to... How do we want to this budget to for the year I'm not going to yeah. just follow last year's blueprint. And, and what you've just said there about, um, you know, Joe and his approach, I think, is similar. As if every day you wake up and you think, what are my goals? You're starting from zero in terms of the tasks and how you split up your time. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Because as you say, I think as time goes on, your your um, judgment can get clouded and actually you lose touch, you lose sight of actually what that goal is. Mm. So it's so simple, but so effective just to look at them every day. Mm. Do you um, do that? Do you know what? I've started doing it. <laughs> I've started doing it and I've actually rewritten my goals um, because I think sometimes you can have this I don't know, this glorified idea of what you want to achieve in a year, whether it's emotional, physical, you know, sort of career-wise or um, financially. And actually, you know, when you kind of spent a couple of weeks with that mindset, you start to realise, well, actually, no, that's not what I want to do or that's not as important to me. And actually, this is a lot more important to me. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's really powerful to revisit your goals um, because also everything... Nothing is a constant. The only mm. constant is change. That's awesome. Thanks for that. I'm going to make yeah. sure I take a listen. No it. problem. Yeah, do. Um, and just while we're on the topic of TEDx um, or TED Talks, there's a fantastic video by Sarah Knight, the author of The Magic of Not Giving a Fuck. And She's I great. absolutely love this woman. So she also has a book out on the same topic. I actually revisited her video, uh, one that I'm referencing now, and I'll put the link on the show notes, uh, after having a little bit of a meltdown. Um, I think I just needed to adopt her attitude, and I was like, you know what, Sarah and I, give it to me. So um, I absolutely love this. It's all about, funnily enough, um, how to give less fucks and how to be unapologetic for it. It's all about how to stop spending time you don't have with people you don't like doing things you don't want to do. And again, it's just, it's so simple. And you think, hang on a minute, can I actually do that in my life? Can I actually stop spending time with people I don't like or doing things I don't want to do? Because we get so caught up in all these obligations. And if we don't do them, we feel guilty and we say sorry. And this is such an empowering video message. And I think we've all done this in the past, haven't we? We've all kind of felt guilty um, for not doing something or we've gone... Um, and done something but it's just pissed you off being like this is such a waste of my time why am I doing this and then you get frustrated and the whole thing is just pointless she, I hope this isn't your way of breaking up with me. No, absolutely not. This is <laughs> the kind of, be really cool. Uh, yeah, so basically, I'm doing things I don't want to do with people I don't like. No, um, this is the kind of stuff that I want to be doing more of. And I think you know you've got to look at what you get enjoyment out of. And I guess this is really sort of nicely linked to the other things that I've been talking about, which is you know focus on what makes you happy. Life is too short, and all the other you know uh, sort of typical sayings and hallmark kind of quotes. But it, it's about it's about looking at what it is that makes you happy. And if you're if if you feel like you don't have enough time to do those things, then you're obviously giving too many fucks in the areas that you shouldn't be giving. Yeah. So she says, you know, something as simple as saying thanks but I don't want to do that you know (laughs) the world won't end yeah she does talk about a lot of other coping mechanisms and strategies it's not just no thanks um so I would highly (laughs) recommend having a look at this um she talks about decluttering the mind and removing any kind of negative thought patterns and Mm. how when you 
write a list and you take away all the things that are making you unhappy. It's this beautiful process of decluttering the mind and then allowing space for the things that make you truly happy. And she ends on talking about how, you know, decluttering your flat takes about a week and lasts a few. However, learning how to say no and how to set boundaries and give fewer fucks lasts forever. Mm. It's, a, it's a lifetime of happiness. Yeah, so true. And I, it's, a, it's a really difficult one to, um, I think it's a difficult one to master. And she's not saying be a dick. Yeah. You know, she talks about how you don't have to be an asshole, but you can also be unapologetic. And it's not about yeah. saying sorry. It's about saying thank you, but no thanks. And you know what? The semantics is so important. The language that you use, you know, Absolutely. not saying, not saying apologizing, you know, saying, yeah. you know, oh, thank Cause you. Because we all do that far ex- too much. Exactly. And I think particularly for women, I remember um, at one time, most of my team were women. And I remember having to actually, we had a workshop called How to Say No, where we brainstormed <laughs> ways that, that everyone could say no Brilliant. to people within the organization. Because... Otherwise, I love the sound like, of that exercise. Oh, it was great. Yeah. And we, we came up with like 50 and I was like, no, more. <laughs> and it's like just creative ways of like stopping and saying, actually, like that doesn't fit in with what I want to do. I mean, obviously yeah. at work, you can't just say, no, thanks. Don't like the sound of that. Yeah. But, but there are ways of kind of actually stopping and thinking, right, well, yeah, is this relevant to my objectives? Yeah, exactly. Is this what, what's going to help the business to grow? Or whatever it is. Um, exactly. Yeah. I think her... Her approach and her language is great, and it it's really fantastic, cuts through, it? doesn't it? It's, she's yeah, they're like bibles for women. Those they books. really are. They really are. So I've got the book on Audible. I've started listening to it, and um, yeah, this, this this woman I'd highly recommend looking up. So yeah, enjoy everybody. Um, oh, thanks for sharing. That yeah, one. Such a no good worries, one. no worries. Puts a smile on my face that one. So how about you, Frankie? What have you been listening to? So. Yeah, a couple of things that I've been listening to. Um, one is a podcast um, entitled How to Make the Decision to Do the Impossible with Siri Lindley on the Tony Robbins podcast. And I always... So Siri is a former um, triathlon world champion. Mm-hmm. She she was world champion twice, in fact. And the, the great thing about her story is, is when she started out and she decided she wanted to be a, a triathlete, she couldn't swim. She was so rubbish. <laughs> she literally did like breaststroke and could barely get by. Wow. Um, so it wasn't like she kind of had this natural ability to kind of bring yeah. together all of these disciplines. She worked really fucking she hard. Just worked, she was just so focused and she oh worked really God. fucking hard. So yeah, I, I've always found the intersection of like performance in athletics um, or sport and that relationship to business really fascinating. And mm. I know I'm not the only one, and a lot of people kind of draw those parallels. But yeah, there's I, I would recommend anyone listen, everyone listen to it. I will just pick out a couple of points that she made that I thought were fantastic. So, I mean, first of all, she said, anyone can go from the worst to the best with enough focus and determination. And that's what her story shows. You know, she couldn't yeah. swim, and she became the world champion. And it was just that focus that got her there. Something really interesting, which you don't always hear actually, is her first coach said to her that you as a human being is far more important to me than you as an athlete. And she said that there was mm. that that kind of love and that acceptance from her coach gave her this sort of... Comp- she wasn't... 
It meant that she wasn't competing from a place of lack or trying to prove something yeah. or insecurity. She was competing from a place where she felt much more secure, much and more supported loved and, and supported. Yeah, that's amazing. And you don't always hear that in stories about athletes. And it's really, you know, something she goes on to say a bit later on in the episode is that the more she took care of herself in all aspects of her life, the better she performed both as an athlete and now as... Um, you know a leading coach in the sport wow so it just goes to show you know just work 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 or training 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 it's not necessarily going to be the best thing for your business or for you as an athlete or Mm. whatever it is you're focused on you do need the other things as well Um, yeah exactly that I mean it it just shows that empathy goes such a long way doesn't it it's such yeah she's got such a great story and she's just such a kind beautiful soul but yeah, the, I would just end on um, a point she makes is that in her mind, the universe makes it hard for us to achieve our goals because it wants to know how much we really want it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, do you know what? Sometimes when it's so fucking hard and you just want to give up, thinking about it like that, it's like, okay, I'm being tested here. How much do I want this? I absolutely love that great isn't it yeah it really is so yeah give it a listen i'm not gonna give any more spoilers or ruin it um, but it's about 90 minutes so it's a good you get a lot for your lot for your time love it frankie thank you so much i'm again added to the list love this and then yeah finally i just wanted to mention i listened to a ted interview podcast with ray kurz Kurzweil, mm-hmm. I think you pronounce it. So Ray is a technologist, author, inventor, and entrepreneur. And he made, back in the 1990s, um, early 90s, I think it was, mm-hmm. he made 147 predictions about the future of technology and how humans would be using tech. And if you think back to, like, the early 90s, the world was a different place. Isn't that when we had dial-up still? Yes. Yeah, we had dial-up. Oh, my Yeah, we didn't all gosh. have mobile phones. No. Yeah, I mean, crazy, right? So... Amazing. He made all these predictions, and they were correct. 86% of them were correct within a year. Oh, my God. So he is just the most fascinating person to listen to, generally, because he he really kind of understands the intersection of Mm. humanity and technology. And essentially, technological growth is exponential. So once we've gone the first, like, 1% in a certain direction, say, like, the Human Genome Project, for example, once you've gone 1%, you're nearly done because it's that first part that's the hardest and then everything is exponential from there. And yeah, he, I mean, he talks so eloquently and create and has so many great points about different things. But a couple of things I just wanted to bring up here is one, he's now predicting that we will have universal basic income in the early 2030s in the developed world and the rest of the world sort of in the late 2030s. So what that will mean is that we don't, have to work for money and we'll all be able to survive on quite a decent UBI basically wow and what that means is our work will be focused on purpose meaning and self-expression as we move up you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs which Mm. if you actually think about how we're all viewing our attitude to work Mm. It totally aligns with that prediction. 100%. Because, yeah. yeah, you know, okay, technology doesn't do everything for us now, but we have so much more software, AI, robotics in the workplace, and people are searching for meaning, you know, how they can change the world, how they can have a positive impact. 
And it, that makes sense because, you know, it will come to a point where we don't need to work for cash to pay very basic bills. We'll all be able to live a semi-decent life without having to do that. And that's that's not that far away. Yeah. It's that, like a decade, like 15 years away. I mean, my mind's slightly blown hearing that. <laughs> that's, it's quite an exciting prospect, isn't it? It's so exciting. So interesting. And it really relates back to, you know, what the TED Talk you were talking about with, mm. with Scott um, about how to find the work you love. You know, the reason people are looking for these resources and these yeah. communities is because that's, that's how, that's what our relationship with work will become. And hopefully, if we all move to much more sort of purpose-based, meaningful work, we'll create conscious businesses that are better for the environment, that are better for humanity, that don't exploit people, that are much fairer. You know, the world... I think, and that's just the dream, isn't it? Yeah. So I think technology is going to do us all a favour. So exciting. That. That do listen so to exciting. it. so exciting. And just... Love it. Just to one side... Um, he he's created this AI uh, development company, which actually I think is part of Google. Um, and they're talking about the progression of you know artificial intelligence. Anyway, the software that they're building can read one hundred and twenty thousand books in half a second. What? Yeah. How is? How? Right. In a second, <laughs> did you say half a second? Half a second. So, so we think it's taken us all week to read like five resources and share them. And that's, yeah, wow. I mean, it reminds me of Watson and how they kind of put all these sort of programs through this AI system, not just programs, but resources. And it's, it's a similar thing whereby, yeah, I mean, you, you put in symptoms and within a second it will come out with all the possible kind mm. of illnesses. Mm. Um, but that's insane. Yeah. That is, I can't actually fathom that. And what will be the real progress is not the volume of resources and information that, um, you know, AI can absorb. It will be how they can determine fact or truth from, um, say, sarcasm or jokes or just things that are incorrect. Yeah. Or, you know, it's it's that that's what's going to take it to the next level is how... if. If a, if a machine can read everything on the internet, mm. that's great. But a lot of that information is going to be conflicting. Of and course, how can yeah. it make a decision about what is truth? And that will be the moment at which everything changes. That's a tricky one though, isn't it? Because depend, like truth varies depending on who's, who's reading or who's watching. You know, everyone's truth is different. And therefore, I think that would be a continuous kind of work in progress that I don't think any AI system could achieve. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? We could probably talk a whole sort of podcast episode on possibilities of AI and... I highly recommend that podcast episode if you want your mind blown. My mind is already blown. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mind, my head hurts. Amazing. Okay, cool. So... Next, we want to talk about who we've been following. Perhaps we've we've met some women we want to tell you guys about or anyone we've been basically fangirling. So, Frankie, you've had some interesting meetings over the last week or so, haven't you? Yeah, so I met the lovely Hannah at Entail over at Founders Factory this week. So, Entail is a new interactive podcast platform that provides a rich and engaging experience for listeners. Mm -hmm. So, it's kind of 
the next level of podcasts essentially so how can you take you know this wonderful uh, medium that we're using and actually make it more interactive so you can see the resources you can see things that we're talking about you can maybe see if you really wanted to a photo of us looking wonderful <laughs> sat here with our papers and Who our wouldn't? Um, yeah so that's really great and they're really focused right now on um, the creators and the production of podcasts and I think they're just a really exciting company so yeah, we're certainly going to try it out and to definitely. anyone who's considering podcasting or who does it currently I would say check out Intel, get in touch with Hannah and yeah go from there. Nice, I'm really excited about that, awesome. Yeah and then Last night, I was just having a little flick on the old Instagram, as we all do for our, for our sins, <laughs> and the wonderful Tommy Ludgate, who's Aww, a coach at Brighton Imagine. Yeah, you went to school with Tommy, right? I did, yeah. I went to school with her. Lovely woman. She's li- recently just had a baby, and she's running her life coaching business. I mean, I do not know how she manages it all, but somehow she does. I know. Well, I would say the same about you, but yeah. I was, I was looking at her Instagram, and she was posting that she... She'd put on an event and it was essentially for her within her stretch zone. So she was talking about the difference between being in your comfort zone and your stretch zone. Mm -hmm. And when you're in your stretch zone, how exhausting that is. Mm. Um, Because everything's, you know, new, using your brain. It's There's a lot of, I guess, what's that hormone that runs through your body? Adrenaline. Adrenaline, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of adrenaline going through. And it made me realise, because for about a year now, I just feel tired constantly and I was like why am I always tired it's like well it's because when you're setting up a business Mm. you're always in your stretch stretch zone zone. you never have what is the comfort there is no comfort zone anymore so yeah it's a reminder to for everyone to sleep well and make sleep a priority so is that something that you are going to try and do more of because wait yeah more sleeping (laughs) like how how when you how when you make that realization that you've you've been working in your stretch zone do you then say okay well I'm obviously going to feel stretched a lot of the time because I'm running a startup Mm. and if you can't let's say sleep an extra three hours a night is there anything that you might do differently so that you don't feel like you're constantly in that stretch zone do you think you might kind of tell yourself right clocking off at four o'clock in the afternoon now because I owe it to myself to have that kind of downtime. Because I find this con- I find this like sort of conversation quite interesting. I guess it's about just understanding why you're tired mm. and giving yourself a break. So not necessarily, well, I mean, I would like to perhaps get a few more hours in, but thinking, okay, if I'm tired, that's okay. And to stop thinking, well, how last year or three years ago was I traveling around the world and doing this and doing that? And and not nearly as tired, but now I'm exhausted. What's wrong with me? Yeah, it's giving yourself it's a break. Just, it's just giving yourself that mental break as well. I think sometimes. Mm. But I mean, I I have so much admiration for any working parents, working mums who are in that stretch zone. I mean, how you do it is beyond <laughs> me. I must admit, it is. It's a it's a mental. It's a battle sometimes, definitely. Like even last night I sat down and I, I felt like I was imprisoned in my own mind because I was thinking, you know, on the one hand I want to relax, on the other I want to do research, on the other hand I should be doing this, I should be getting back to this email because sometimes, you know, when I don't have a nanny or childcare, I'm with Bodhi in the day. Um, but do you know what? I think everything is relative. I, I look at you sometimes and I think, how do you run three businesses or how you, you know, how do you apply the time, the energy, the emotion into each and every one and still 
you know, be so positive and sleep <laughs> and smile. You know, I, I think it's I think it's an incredible balancing trick, a juggling act, and I guess that's the that's the life we've both chosen. And there are these waves, aren't there, of mm. joy and despair, and I guess it's just riding that wave. Mm. I think it's not about like how do we do it because I don't know if we really think about what we're doing we're just sort of riding the wave and trying to do the best we can aren't we Mm. yeah and certainly just having that understanding makes you think yeah do you know what I'm not going to beat myself up if I'm knackered Mm. or if I can't make it to that event or if you know tonight I just really just need to just go to bed just chill the fuck out yeah just chill the fuck out it's fine it's fine so thanks Tommy for that that little snippet last night awesome so um you know Rachel Welford of Welford Wellbeing, fangirling mm. this girl for a while now. Um, love this lady, not just because she introduced me to my wonderful nanny, um, but her attitude to life and advocacy for of mental health is just so admirable. Recently, Rachel, the poor, lovely Rachel, actually got robbed, and she talks quite publicly. She talks quite publicly about it. She had her bag, her laptop, her phone, her wallet, her keys, everything stolen. Oh God, in London. In London, yeah. Whereabouts? Oh, it's I can't Do remember you know? where. It's, I God, think it's awful. I think it's East London. It is awful. And the reason why I bring it up is because she was in the process of organising insurance, and she never actually got around to doing it. So again, she she talks about this online and and through her business platform. But she she was saying how you know when you suddenly find yourself in the middle of London with nothing your whole life, your whole work, everything gone. Oh my God. You know, she she could have fallen into this horrible sort of spiral of negative thought process and, and depression essentially because that that is something that could, you know, ruin someone's short-term life anyway, not sort of long-term, but when you're looking at the fact that you've got to rebuild all those resources, all that work. Yeah, self-employed. Self-employed, yeah, the poor thing. So she was basically talking about how... This whole experience made her realise actually just how fortunate she was because of all the kindness and because of all the wonderful people that stepped up and helped her and offered, you know, laptops, phones, uh, support, hugs, free, you know, sessions doing, you know, whatever it was that she needed. Um, And I just thought that was a really powerful message because it it really, it, it touched me and I thought, you know what, she is amazing and she is such a wonderful person to follow. She's inspirational and, and to be able to turn a, and a situation like that around uh, that could ruin not only someone's day but a year and then go, do you know what, it's just made me realise how lucky I am mm. and how important insurance is, Pete. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just I, I just kind of wanted to, to, yeah, a little homage to Rachel Welford there, so... Oh, we love you. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, I think I that was a great attitude. Like that. I don't think I could, you know, and I was thinking that yesterday and I thought, you know what, we'll talk about it tomorrow because, yeah, good on her. And just to finish off, I guess, this week we are heading to the Growth Tuesday event at Huckletree Shoreditch in London where there'll be an interview and Q&A with Emily Forbes, who is the founder and CEO of Seenit. Seenit um, is an app which encourages community video creation for brands. Mm-hmm. So essentially... A, a business or brand they could um you know set up a an account and they can engage directly with their community and with their fans and wow. say we want to run a project i don't know maybe maybe it's maybe it's a travel company say we want to run a project around new york or something like that and they can say you know does the community want to do any videos for us and engage with us and etc etc it sounds like a really exciting that's really quite revolutionary isn't it exactly when very you progressive look at, 
Exactly. When you look at like influencer marketing, community yeah. marketing. Yeah. It's, it sounds really powerful. And she's scaled Amazing. this company. She's doing really well. So Lara Looking and I that. will yeah. be there on Tuesday morning. Come say um, hi. Come and say hi. Come and meet us. Come and listen to the wonderful Emily. And yeah, I'll put the registration link in the show notes for you. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Frankie. Well, I think that's a wrap for today. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think that's a wrap. Amazing. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. And don't forget to get involved in the conversation by using the hashtag bossingitpod. Um, and let us know what you think. Rate, review, give us your feedback, good, bad and ugly and all of that stuff. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Awesome. Bye.